January 10th, 2019. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Folk Runyon. And tonight we review and highlight the 26 live shows we presented in 2018. As most of you know, these programs are all archived on our Hermetic Hour website with abstracts describing them. So you can catch up on what you missed at any convenient time. Now be sure to have a notepad handy and a pencil as you listen so you can jot down the dates and titles of the shows you want to find, such as Count Coliostro, The Wizard Who Invented Himself, which was aired on February 22, 2018, or The Real Secrets of the Hypnorotomachia on May 24th. You can find all of these episodes ready for listening or downloading on our website. HTTP colon stroke stroke www.blogtalkradio.com stroke b dash hermetic dash hour. So tune in and catch up on what you have missed. Now, as most regular listeners to the Hermetic Hour are aware, we often rebroadcast previously recorded shows. But this is not uncommon in long-running radio programs. We've been presenting the Hermetic Hour weekly for almost 10 years now. And our, and our rebroadcasts this last year from shows that were first aired over four years ago. As you must be aware, preparing a new show takes time. Subjects have to be researched, and in some cases, guest speaker participation needs to be arranged. And therefore, rebroadcasts are essential if we are to continue on a weekly format. But each year, we create a significant number of new original programs dealing with subjects, books, activities, uh, and personalities, uh, and, and items of current interest to the hermetic magical community. Now, at the end of the year, we try to review these new shows and encourage our regular listeners and our associate members to visit the archives on the Hermetic Hour website and bring up the shows you may have missed that are of special interest to you. So, as I said, keep your notepad and your pencil ready, and let's review 2018. All right, on January 11th, 2018, we reviewed the shows aired on 2017. And on um, January 25th, we reviewed John D. McDonald's 1951 science fiction novel, Wine of the Dreamers. Now, this is one of the first science fiction novels I read when I was a kid, back 15 years old. This thing came out in the public in a in a pulp magazine called Startling Stories, and uh, and uh, it, it uh, had a it had a, a, an Earl Berge cover with a very, very attractive, scantily clad uh, lady, like most of the Earl Berge covers had in those days. So I read it. But John D. McDonald's One of the Dreamers was a fascinating story, and it and it it relates to a lot of stuff that we've been dealing with uh, recently. And that is, the Dreamers in this story were early members of the human race on another planet. In fact, they were, they were they were part of the original human race on another planet before the human race spread, spread out. And they had evolved to such a degree that they could dream and take identities 
on other planets, Earth, and there was a there was another uh, planet that uh, that had evolved even further than than uh, they had, so they couldn't do deal with them. But but uh, they 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 could take over personalities on Earth, and so so uh, the idea of, of this was that these uh, these dreamers from this this distant planet uh, could uh, could take over our our personalities here on Earth. And and uh, and and uh, they did this in our space program, <laughs> and according to this story, it was a, it was a beautiful story. By the way, uh, John D. McDonald was uh, uh, only wrote a, a couple of other uh, science fiction novels. One of them was uh, Ballroom of the Skies, which is also very good, uh, and uh, and the Girl Gold Watch and everything, which was made into a into a film. That's kind of a comedy. Uh, John D. McDonald was a was a special forces officer in World War Two, and uh, and uh, had quite a quite a career in the in Southeast Asia, and military career. And he would and he wrote detective stories. Uh, that that's what he what, what he what he was mainly uh, famous for. It was very good, uh, very good series of detective stories. Uh, he was a very very fine writer. Uh, but anyway, so that was uh, that was one uh, of the dreamers. And uh, and that's uh, January twentieth, January twenty fifth. Now. On February 1st, we aired a Golden Dawn memorial ritual for our deceased temple chief, Chris Manonstre, Patricia Beeman. Now, uh, this is very, your Golden Dawn uh, folks will uh, will be very interested in this because this is an authentic Golden Dawn ritual. A lot of, uh, and, and uh, Frater Manonides, uh, who was also a doctor, you know, uh, uh, the Master Files, uh was uh, uh, officiated at this, and uh, this is a, this is a very interesting, as I say, primarily Golden Dawn people. Patricia Beeman uh, was uh, was a, a lady friend of Francis Rigardi and one of his one of his students and his uh, followers, and and she. Got the charter for the Los Angeles Golden Dawn Temple from from Francis Rigardi, and so uh, who who I you know I also knew Francis Rigardi myself. So Patricia, uh, Patricia and I were very good friends, along with the fact that she gave me my 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 ORC identifications, uh, you know initiations, and 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 uh, and uh, so this 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 is one that you Golden Dawn people will enjoy. Okay, on February first. We heard the Golden Dawn uh, Memorial Ritual. On February 8th, presented the legenda of the first degree of Craterapoa's Pastophorus. And this, we call this the Fellowship of the Grail. And this is the first uh, the first degree of our OTA system. And it's uh, it deals primarily, the symbolism deals primarily with our seasonal ceremonies. And the alchemy of the sacred year, and our ancient Canaanite seasonal ceremonies, uh, but it's it's uh, presented in the frame in the framework of the of the past forest of the of the Craterapoa. and as you probably uh, know, a legenda is the story of the degree. 
what you have with a legenda, you have the entire uh, story of the degree and the degree and the, the initiation. But but what you uh, you don't get is the you know the the, the grips and the and the signs and that sort of thing. They're just a little the little uh, uh, sort of fraternal fraternity secrets. But but the story of the degree is there. So. Uh, this is this is the legenda of the, of, of, of the fellowship of the great or first degree. And on February 22nd, uh, we aired Count Cagliostro, the wizard who invented himself. Now, that was one that I that I mentioned in in in, in, the, in the lead in, in the lead and into the show tonight. And it's fascinating. Uh, it's it, it's based primarily on on uh, Alexander Dumas, uh, Joseph Balsamo, uh, and and uh, and also I, I have to admit that that, that Orson Welles' uh, 1949 film Black Magic, which which is really really excellent, uh, and uh, although a lot of that is is not not authentic, but uh, it, it's it's you know it's dramatized. But uh, Cagliostro was was a fascinating uh, quasi-Masonic Rosicrucian uh, uh, kind of an imitator of the Comte Saint Germain. In fact, uh, the, he claimed to have been initiated by the Comte Saint Germain, and and uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But they both they 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 share similar stories. There's similar st- stories are told or anecdotes are told about the Comte Saint Germain and Cagliostro, and they're almost interchangeable. Uh, one of those anecdotes was that that uh, that told on Saint Germain and Cagliostro was that uh, uh, that he had a uh, dignitary over to, uh, for for uh, for dinner one night, and and uh, the dignitary said, "Well, Count, you uh, uh, you say that you're you're." Uh, Oh, over over 500 years old, and 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 is that true? And and uh, and according to the the story, the count, either Germain or Cagliostro, because they tell it on this day on both of them, they, uh, he turned turned around to his servant Fritz and said, uh, Fritz, uh, 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 is that true? And and Fritz. Supposedly said, "I will, well, Monsieur de Comte. I, I really can't say because I've only been with you for a couple of hundred years." <laughs> so that uh, that the story they tell on both Coliostro and and on Saint Germain. Anyway, that that airs on February twenty sixth. So on March twelfth, we reported on the Neo Chorus Second Degree Initiations (OTA initiations) at Avalon in Austin, Texas. And we and we reported on the issuing of a lodge charter to Ubar Hermitage in in Dallas, Texas, and uh, that's Frater uh, uh, Suan and and uh, and uh, um, you know, over there in Texas. Frater uh, Suan has recently become a had become a bishop in, in the liberal Catholic Church, so so uh, he's also the uh, he's also the the. Uh, uh, the manchester of uh, the lodge in in, in, in dallas now uh, and in in avalon uh, that's uh that's frederick Heracles, uh and uh, over in avalon and uh and the neo chorus initiation is of course our second is is is, is the second degree in Craterapoa, but it's also uh it's also uh the the o t a 
initiation, the old original OTA initiation, which comes from the French version of Craterapoa, which you can find in uh, Paul Christian's History and Practice of Magic as the, uh, the initiation of the pyramids. Now, on March 15th, we presented the first half of the legenda of the Neo Course, the second degree. And that is, as I said, that is, that is the, uh, based, based upon uh, the, the condensation of all seven degrees of the Craterapoa that you find in Paul Christian's History and Practice of Magic, 1873. Uh, and uh, and uh, that, uh, as I say, that is, that is the French version. And uh, then on March 22nd, we did the second half of the Neo Chorus Legenda, which is the Knowledge Lecture. And the Knowledge Lecture is primarily how the Mulgatan by Leon Holmes is subtitled Goetia in the Stellar Tradition. Now, this is a very fascinating little book uh, on, on the Goetia, uh, which is uh, which uh, his primary research source on this was Babylonian Star Lore by uh, Gavin White. And the main contribution that he made here in, in the, that is, that is uh, fascinating to us is that, that uh, the Lamech and Spirit, Zagon, I think he's 65, uh, number 65. Uh, Zagon is actually the, the Canaanite god Dagon. And I think he's absolutely right on this. Uh, and he gives some very good uh, arguments for it. So that's uh, the second half. Uh, the, that's uh, the Lemul. The, it's called the Lemogaton by Leon Holmes. Coming up on the 28th, and we had uh, Lady Joe Carson of Ferraferia uh, on uh, to to tell us about it. And uh, and then on May 3rd. We recapped the Beltane uh, ceremony, and we had uh, Lady Jo, uh, and she also uh, walked us through her Green Pulse Oracle divination system. And this is really fascinating. Jo has done a wonderful job with this. It's a, it's a, a kind of a kind of a magic circle which is spread out on you know, on cloth, and 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 you and and you uh, you draw draw lines to the tarot cards uh, surrounding the tarot cards attributed to the uh, various degrees of the zodiac. And, uh, and she has these, uh, these runic kind of, kind of leaves that you, that you can, uh, you can cast. So this, this is a fascinating uh, uh, sort of a Celtic uh, <laughs> Iliusinian, Iliusinian, uh, um, system which uh, which Lady Joe which well Fred uh, Fred Adams laid the groundwork for it and Lady Joe has has perfected it. We recapped this this the Beltane and and uh, and uh, then on May 10th I reviewed two books: Original Magic by Stephen Flowers and also Real Magic by Dean Radin. Now Original Magic. Deals with the uh, uh, with the Persian with the Persian uh, Zoroastrian uh, references to the psychic center systems and and uh, it, it's a fascinating book and and, and 
And, of course, Stephen Flowers is a wonderful writer. Uh, I was not that impressed with Real Magic by Dean Radin. Dean Radin seems to uh, be more concerned with people who are uh, born psychics. And he doesn't uh, he doesn't deal with uh, with uh, the traditional you know ritualistic or or uh, he does deal with shamanic uh, ritual, but it was his 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 main approach seems to be uh, special talent. And as I'm sure most people on this show are aware, that uh, hermetic magic is a system, and we and we we learn. Uh, we learn astrology and alchemy and and and, uh, and Kabbalah and magic and and uh, and we try not not to, to, to depend upon special talents. And whereas uh, Raiden seems to believe that that uh, that you have to have special talent to to be a magician, and uh, I, I don't I don't really think that that's true. And but that that was his take. So. Anyway, so I wasn't terribly impressed with this book. Now, on May 24th, The Real Secrets of the Hypnoratamankia, and that was the 1500-book Strife of Love in a Dream by Francisco Colonna. And this was one of the most important books, magical books, written and published back in the, in the, in the Renaissance period. And following the Da Vinci Code, some... Uh, Graduate students at Princeton came up with a with an idea for finding secret codes and 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 secrets in the Hypnoratamachia, which, by the way, is a 600-page huge 600-page book, profusely illustrated, beautiful book, and and fortunately there's a there's an easy to handle paperback version of it. <laughs> so, but whereas whereas the hard the the hardbound version it weighs about weighs about Ten pounds, and and uh, and it doesn't make very good reading in bed. But the paperback version is is easy to handle. Anyway, the, these uh, graduates these graduate students came up with this, uh, trying to find these secret codes in the in the Hypnoratamachia, kind of kind of like the Da Vinci Code. You know, they were they were, uh, and they came up with a with a bestseller called The Rule of Four, which was on the bestseller list for a while. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, as I say, somewhere halfway between the Da Vinci Code and the Ninth Gate. Uh, and, and, uh, and then, by the way, the Hypnoratamachia is the inspiration for the Ninth Gate, uh, or the Club Duma, uh, for those of you that are interested. But uh, there, are, there are some very significant magical secrets in the Hypnoratamachia that these hot shots completely missed. They totally missed them. And so... What we've done, I, I, I went through and I plowed my way all the way through the the book, and, and, and it's, it's just not an easy read. But but it, but if you're if you're into this, it, it's fascinating, and the illustrations are fascinating. And what I discovered was that they have that that uh, Philo, the the the, uh, the dreamer, uh, searching for his love. Uh, uh, searching for his love, discovers the Temple of Venus, and and uh, discovers the Temple of Venus, and this is almost identical with our seasonal c- ceremony, the ancient Canaanite uh, um, uh, Adonis uh, uh, mystery that we have in our seasonal ceremonies, 
and and uh, from ancient Canaan, and that that uh, Jesse Weston discusses, and from Ritual to Romance, and this is this is absolutely uh, astounding. But you find that uh, this in the Hypnoradamakya, which is these are the real magical secrets, aside from these codes that these. Uh, uh, the code, they, of course, you know, they, they, the code, they, they may have some codes in there, but, but that's not really, that's not really what, what, where the secrets are. The secrets are in the content. Anyway, this is, for those of you who are interested in this, in, in this, I strongly recommend that you, that you get a copy of the Hypnoradamakia, the paperback, and, and, uh, and, and dig in, and listen to this show, and, and, uh, and we'll tell you where the secrets are. Now, okay, on, June 14th, again, talking about magical secrets. June 14th, we did the Holy Grail and the Round Table in the magical tradition. Now, it shouldn't be too much of a of a mind blower to realize that the that the that the Round Table is is based upon the symbolism of the zodiac, and that the quest for the Holy Grail is based also based on the on the labors of Her- Hercules. You know. These these are things that uh, and and the Holy Grail of course is is also very hermetic, as we will get into when we get into the Parthenon. Uh, so uh, the the whole idea of the, of the Round Table and the Holy Grail uh, is a very 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 hermetic, very uh, very magical. In a show on the Arbitel of Magic, my very honored Frater Sithmath, and this was he researched it. Now the Arbitel is a complete system of, of celestial magic, uh, and you can find it in uh, the fourth book attributed to Cornelius Agrippa. That's fourth Agrippa, and it's called the Arbitel of Magic. And uh, so Prater so Sithmeth uh, reviewed the Arbitel of Magic and its significance. On July 5th, Fraternitas Saturni with Stephen Flowers as our guest. And we had Dr. Flowers on Discussing this, this is about the fourth version of the Fraternitatis Saturni. This was a was, this was a German occult lodge that that originated back in the 1920s and practiced all the way up, all the way up almost to the beginning of World War II, uh, all the way up through the 1920s and 30s. And the things that they were doing and experimenting with were so much like what we have been doing with the OTA. Uh, like uh, the evocation of spirits and and, and uh, use of crystals and, and mirrors and and and, uh, and uh, so much of what they were what they were doing we we ended up we ended up uh, doing not because we knew anything about what they were doing but but because uh, we were going uh, you know we were going along the same lines. And uh, this is a fascinating, uh, fascinating book, the Fraternitas Saturni, was Stephen and, and Stephen Flowers uh, did did very well explaining it, uh, and so that that's what you might want to check out. Now, July twelfth, the adventure the adventures on Panape and Nanmadol with Lady Joe Carson and her husband John, and. Uh, we only called her Lady Joe, and and and, uh, and we we should call him Lord John, but 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 Lady Joe has too many feminist friends, and she doesn't want me to do that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, he's Lord John as far as I'm concerned. And uh, anyway, um, they they went out to uh, to Pompeii, uh and and uh, 
of course, we went, you know, I went out there uh, back in 1988, and we uh, we showed some of that in Beyond Lemuria. We showed some of uh, some of our adventures out there, and uh, and Doctor X and, and his wife they they did some diving off the off the breakwater on Mado, uh, and uh, so Lady Joe and uh, John went out and, and trying to. And I say they kind of retraced our steps, but then they found some new, they they had some new experiences, and uh, and uh, this is this is uh, kind of quite interesting. They have a new, uh, kind of a new take on on uh, on uh, some of the uh, some of the non uh, um mythology. Now, on July 26th, the mysterious Voynich manuscript. Oh boy, this is fascinating. Now. Uh, before we did this show, I got a, a facsimile copy of Voynich's manuscript and went through it and uh, examined it. And I am wondering, and and and, uh, and we followed up uh, the Voynich manuscript show with with a, with a show on parallel universes. But I'm wondering if if perhaps uh, the Voynich manuscript wasn't uh written in another dimension i i i, I kind of wonder about that because it it really is a very mysterious uh, uh uh thing nobody's been able to decipher it yet and then on august 22nd parallel universes and history and fiction with an emphasis on the mysterious interdimensional realm of magonia now magonia was first reported airships from Magonia landed in southern France, and and uh, and they actually they actually traded for food and uh, you know the food and and they paid for it with uh, uh, with gold and and, uh, and they had the ships from the clouds and this was interpreted they were interpreted as being the sylphs of the elementals now uh, but. The villagers in southern France, when they when the airship landed, were grabbed the the men and the the, the, the couple of men and a, and a woman from the, from the ship, and they were gonna they were gonna burn them burn them as witches, and the bishop the local bishop interceded and and saved them and let them go back to Magonia. So, oh, this this is primarily covered in a uh, in an old uh, in an old. Um, Kind of a kind of a novel, an occult novel called the Comte de Gabelle, uh, which which came out in the, in the 1600s, and uh, that this is but this this is actual. Uh, Jacques Vallée and others have researched it. Yes, it really does come from from ancient chronicles, and there, more recently uh, there was a fiction novel which which was even on the bestseller list for a while called Magonia. And and uh, about a about a uh, a Magonian child who was uh, who was placed on Earth and grew up on Earth and she was kind of sickly because because the Magonians uh, they 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 uh, they have a kind of a rarefied uh, air and 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 they don't they don't breathe very well down here so she had a lot of respiratory problems and then eventually she she returned to Magonia and the novel the novel is quite good i i i really was was pleased with it uh it, it's a science fiction novel and 
and uh, so I, I would I would recommend the, the the novel. And the girl, uh, you know, she when she goes back and gets picked up by the Magonians again, uh, she is a sort of a you know a, a prophesied uh, character. You know, she she's she's uh, sort of a sort of a, a prophesied superheroine or whatever the Magonians. and uh and uh this it's 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 quite a quite a nice uh, quite a nice story and then uh writing my right along august thirtieth philip k dick his exegesis oh boy and this is another doorstopper the philip k dick's exegesis is his personal diary and Philip K. Dick was uh, was you know one of the one of the most uh, the most uh, awarded and one of the most famous science fiction writers in the United States, and and uh, he uh, he wrote the Man in the High Castle you know if you've, if you've seen that on that show, but anyway uh, he was a he was a Gnostic. And he he was a he was a modern philosopher. He's considered to be a modern philosopher. And this is his personal diary, six hundred pages long, and it is I mean uh, really it is it really is a doorstopper. But uh, I I went through it and and uh, tried to dig out the pertinent uh, passages that uh, and, and read a lot of them for it. So so uh, the exegesis is one of those things like uh, like. Uh, Carl Jung's Red Book. I mean, it's one, it's one of those one of those things that uh, uh, sort of a, a modern philosophical tome, which which you really ought to ought to read. Now, on September twenty seventh, we reviewed Kurt the reissue of Kurt Slake, uh, Seligman's The Mirror of Magic: History of Magic in the Western Tradition. First came out in nineteen forty eight, and this is a new edition, which is a which is a direct facsimile of the 1948 edition, uh, and comes from uh, inner traditions. In fact, they they asked me to review it, and I and I and I told them I said I'd love to review it because I have a copy of the 1948 edition, and it was given to me by my master Frederick Adams, and it was the first book of magic that Fred ever read. It was the first first book. And so, uh, therefore, I was more than happy to to, to review it. And it's a beautiful book. Uh, Kurt uh, Seligman, he was, by the way, a, a Swiss surrealist artist and and a, a ceremonial magician. And uh, and so this this is a this is a beautiful book, and, and I recommend it. Okay, October 11th, we reviewed a book that we should have reviewed years ago. We mentioned it many times, but we never did review the book itself. Giornano Bruno and the Hermetic Tradition, 1965, by Dame Frances Yates. And this is one of the best books on the on the Renaissance Hermetic Revival, or Hermetic Tradition, that you're ever going to read. And, and, of course, Giordano Bruno, uh, poor guy, you know, he was burned at the stake uh, in 1614 for his... Uh, for his uh, uh, his heresy. Um, he, most people think he was that Tierra Bruno was burned at the stake because he supported Copernicus. That's not true. He was he supported Copernicus, but he said, well, okay, if if the sun if the Earth revolves around the sun, then that means the sun is God, and that was a little too much. 
they 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 didn't mind her uh, they didn't mind Copernicus so much, but boy, <laughs> that was too much. Anyway, on October 25th, we went back a couple hundred years, well, more than a couple hundred years. We went back to 1360 with Secco di Ascoli on the Mirror of Florence. Now, Secco di Ascoli was the father of the Goetia. Secco di Ascoli was an Italian astrologer, magician, and he he wrote a a critique on the Sphere of Sarabosco, which was which was a, a book that an English astrologer had written, uh, basically on Dante's version of the of the uh, the pre-Copernican universe, you know, the where where the Earth is the center, and and uh, it's of course the Hermetic sequence, you know, the Earth and and the Moon and 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 Mercury and and, uh, and Venus and and on and up, and uh, of recounting that he had conjured the Goetic demon Floron. The reason why we know it's a Goetic demon was because he's in Floron. It, it is probably Fluoros in the in the in, in the Goetia, but we know that it is a Goetic demon because he was under a Malin, and and uh, so uh, Seco conjured Floron and got got a lot of his information on uh, on the, the his critique of the of the uh, sphere of Sarabosco from from Floron. Now, the thing about this that, that is particularly interesting to us in the in the Solomonic uh, ceremonial magic tradition is that the mirror of Floron is a hand mirror. Now, you know, if you're going to conjure a spirit in a hand mirror, you're going to get it off your reflection. Now, the reason why we know that the, that the mirror of Floron is a hand mirror is because we have recently been published, they've been published pictures of replicas of it, of the mirror of Floron. And yes, it has a handle, and it's a hand mirror. And this means that when we said back in 19, uh, back in, uh, well, in the 1970s when we discovered it, but uh, and in 1974 when we showed it on, the, on NBC television, that that your uh, that your reflection in in the mirror is what you use to conjure the spirit, and um, and so Secco di Ascoli was what did this with the mirror of Floron, and sure enough, the Inquisition got a hold of him and uh, they burned him at the stake along with his with his book, and and, uh, and so that's just the reason why magicians really didn't want to write about about magic mirrors after that. They they were they were very weary of it. Okay, on November fifteenth, we reviewed The Son of Chicken Kabbalah with the author, Von Milo Duquette, on board with us. Now the Son of Chicken Kabbalah is a sequel to the Chicken Kabbalah of Rabbi Lamed Ben Clifford. And Rabbi Lamed Ben Clifford, of course, is Lon Duquette's uh, uh pen name for uh, he was the roly-poly rabbi that all we hermetic Kabbalists needed because we hermetic Kabbalists were sort of made to feel like we had to sit in the back of the bus because uh, uh, because we were hermetic and not Jewish. And, and so what we needed was a rabbi that would back up our version of the Kabbalah. So Lon invented 
the rabbi Lamed Ben Clifford, and, and he wrote Chicken Kabbalah, which is one of the best little introductory books on Kabbalah you'll ever read. But then he came along with just, just this, this last year, The Son of Chicken Kabbalah. And what this is, is, a, is a, literally a Kabbalistic initiation based on the cube of space. And it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. It's very much like our Hermetic Yoga. It's very similar. It's it's a, it's kind of a yoga, and it has it has mantras, mudras, and and all. It and, and it, it it's but the initiation basically internalizes the Kabbalistic cube of space. When he, and those of you who are familiar with the cube of space, you know that Saturn's right in the center, and that's the beginning of the physical universe. So. Uh, I, I highly recommend uh, the Son of Chicken Kabbalah, and uh, and and I sent Len Len a copy of our Hermetic Yoga book, and 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 he and he gave that a good review. So so we're on the same page with this, and there's a lot of similarity between the Son of Chicken Kabbalah and the Hermetic and the Hermetic Yoga that we have. Now, on December sixth, we did the spiritual meaning of the sixties by. Tobias Churton. Now, this is another doorstopper of a book, about 600 pages long, but it traces the spiritual 1960s, primarily, you know, focusing on the Beatles and and and, uh, and the different uh, rock groups and 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 uh, dealing with the psychedelic movement and and you know and films like Easy Rider and 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 uh, and the general. The general uh, idea of, of uh, the flower children and, and uh, the whole hippie movement and whatever. And, and, uh, but Tobias Churton is a theologian. He has, uh, he has a degree in theology from, uh, from one of the colleges at Oxford, and he's a theologian. And so his insights on the spiritual aspects of the 1960s <laughs> are very, very profound. And he shows how so much of this progressive philosophy today had its roots then, you know, in political correctness and, and, and the various uh, aspects of, of uh, progressivism uh, that we have today, uh, including the Me Too movement and all the rest of this. They, they grew out of this uh these these trends in the in the uh the nineteen sixties. So this is this book is very well worth reading and studying. Now, December twentieth. The secrets of the Holy Grail from Parzival, that's the Parzival of Wolfram von Essenbach. That came out back in uh about twelve hundred. Uh and then we followed that next week with a rebroadcast of Janine Renee's article uh on the Hermetic Grail from Parseval, from their old seventh ray, number 19, back in 1977. Now, here, this this Parseval, Don Asenbach's Parseval, I believe is just as important as the Hypnoradamachia of Kelowna. It's one of those it's one of those really old books that is is really crammed with essential secrets. Now, uh, in, in the parts of all, the grail is not, the Holy Grail is not the cup of Christ. The Holy Grail is a, is a stone, a luminous stone that comes down from the stars. And, and the members of the grail, those 
who seek the grail will find their names emblazoned in this stone. They are, the, the grail family is predestined. And this is very hermetic. This whole thing is very Gnostic, very hermetic. And uh, Wolfram von Essenbach was a troubadour knight. He was a German, and he was a troubadour knight. And uh, he read Charentian de Troyes, uh original uh, personal and the, and the grail uh, story, and which, which Charentian never finished because he died before he finished it. And in that original story, uh, uh, person, Percival uh, went to the Grail Castle, didn't ask the king the question, didn't ask him what was wrong with him. You know, the the, the Grail King, the Fisher King, was been had been stabbed in the groin, and and uh, and, and uh, he was in misery. And the the quester was supposed to ask him what what was what, what had happened and what was wrong with it. And if he did ask. Then, then he then he would be the the next rail king. That's uh, kind of hard to understand, but 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 you but you need to read the you need to read the book. But uh, uh, the Grail Stone came down from the stars, and and, uh, and and when you when you finally finally found the Grail, you sat down at the round table, you could see your name in the Grail Stone. It would appear just like that magical writing inside the uh, inside the the one ring in in the Fellowship of the Ring, and I imagine that's uh, where that idea came from. That 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 uh, uh, that the writing would appear, and uh, I have to I have to say that 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 the Parseval, the German Parseval, is based on Hermetic on the Hermetic treatise of the fifth. Of the fifth treatise of, of Hermeistrus Megasus, that's the crater, uh, which is also the celestial constellation crater, and this also relates to the sixteen figures of geomancy. And there is a there is a book explaining all this. It's called uh, Hermetic Sources of the Parseval by uh, by Cain and Cain, uh, a scholarly couple. Um, and, and that book right now is ferociously. Uh, we will discuss this uh, on, on, like I say, on December 20th, Secrets of the Holy Grail from Parsifal, Wolf from Van Essenbach. And then we followed it up the next week by rerunning, rebroadcasting uh, the Hermetic Grail, which I had read. I read Janine's article. Uh, Janine Renee, by the way, is the uh, former, uh, former wife of, of, uh, of Ed Fitch. Uh, Fitch the Witch, uh, and uh, and a very good friend of ours, and she wrote. Uh, she was she she was German and uh, Austrian, and she and she wrote. Uh, she she read uh, um, von Assenbach's Parsifal and did that. and she also uh, referred to Cain and Cain's Hermetic Sources of the Parsifal, which I loaned to her, uh, and. Uh, so she did the article for us in the old seventh ray, and so we ran that before. We just want to put the put the cart after the horse because we should have run that before we did the we did the secrets, but uh, that's the way it turned out. So that wraps up the year, and uh, and uh, next week next week we're going to review Andrew Collins' The Cygnus Mystery, and. And his sequel to that, the Cygnus Key, if we can, if we can get far enough into it to, to do a good review on it. Now, this uh, this 
I've already started into this, and I can tell you that the Cygnus mystery and the Cygnus key is in, is an important addition to the uh, to the celestial initiatic code. And as you know, we've discussed many times on this show that you know the the idea that the Milky Way is the river of souls and and and. Uh, and the ascension of the, of the of the souls, and we discussed that the the underworld became the overworld when Hercules pulled the dog out of the hole. And uh, so next week we will take the swan, and uh, the swan comes down down the Milky Way, flies down the Milky Way, and and uh, you know, sort of like the stork bringing the baby. And in fact. A lot of these uh, stork stories and heron stories and and uh, and all are all at least what Collins thinks they're all swan stories. And of course, you know we have the swan, the swan knights, and the swans figure in in in, uh, in medieval in medieval King Arthur mythology and Lohengrin and the swans, and and then of course there's there's Lido and the swan. Anyway, and then. Then uh, um, Collins has discovered that there was a that there was a magical goose in Egyptian mythology who created the whole world called the Great Cackler. <laughs> he, he honked the world into existence. So migrating geese and and migrating swans are really really have a lot to, a lot of to, to do. And and so next week. What we'll dig into is the Cygnus mystery, and uh, until then, if any of these shows that I've mentioned to you, if you jotted them down, just go to our website, and, and if you can't remember what the the, the website is, then just go to Google and, and and Google the Hermetic Hour, and they'll and they'll take you to it, and uh, and at least Google's good for something. Anyway, uh, so do that, and we'll see you next week, and until then, good magic.